you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Hi, everybody. It's Melissa. And this is Dane. I'm glad to be doing this with you. I've been doing so many interviews this summer. Yeah. And I start them all out by saying my chief laugh out loud officer's not with me, you know? Yeah. I'm here today, but I'm a little hoarse from yelling at the Padres game. You did yell. (laughs) (laughs) So we live, when we're out here in California, on Coronado Island, which is across a bridge that sort of lands very close to the stadium. Or if you take the ferry, it lands very close to the stadium, Petco Stadium. My favorite baseball stadium, I've been to three. I've been to the Dodgers in L.A. years ago. And then I've been to the Rockies in Denver, where we actually live full-time, and then out here to the Padres. But I have fallen in love with the Padres. Yeah, they're a fun team, and they have a good fan base. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a great time. It's fun, yeah. So we Uber over, so we don't have to deal with the parking and stuff. So we Uber over, always meet some interesting Uber drivers, and then walk around for a while looking for our seats because we're a little dopey about where the seats are (laughs) yeah every time we go we get mixed up we get lost we walk forever one way only to find out we can't get there from this direction you got to go the other way but it's really fun and i eat it's the only time i eat hot dogs i do eat a hot dog it seems like an american baseball thing so i don't know i know you shouldn't eat hot dogs really but i love it it's my baseball food and we just we just had a ball it was 72 degrees the sky was clear and that's probably one reason the podcast have so much fan base because stadiums packed it doesn't matter if it's a Wednesday afternoon a Wednesday night a Friday a Saturday it doesn't matter the stadium's packed very very loyal fans and I don't know how many people that stadium holds but a lot yeah I'm thinking maybe 45,000 probably yeah yeah, every single game they sell out so it's a lot of fun and the fans are also fun fans they're not like booing the other team and being all nasty they're cheering their own team on and i love it and even the attitude going in and out of the game is a lot more kindness and fun and even when we i've been there when they've lost and everybody leaves like oh boo we lost but not mean and nasty so i i really like it i like san diego so you know that helps a lot but something unusual happened at this game now I will not tell it right, so I'm going to let you tell it. We were playing the Orioles, and... Uh, there was a guy that was batting. No, he was on first base. He got a hit. Got the first. The pitcher, well, he attempted to steal second. The pitcher caught him and threw to first base. Missed the first baseman, and then the ball went out to the right field, the base runner advances to third base. So And he, his and his name was Tatis, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyhow, the very next play, the uh the pitcher was left handed, so he had his back to the third third base side of the field. He was Tatis sort of caught him sleeping out on the mound and he ended up stealing home. 
which never happens. Never happens. Yeah. So we've told that story to baseball fans, and they're like, what? Are you kidding? I've never seen that. So if you're not a big baseball person, which I'm not, I'm just, just kind of going to have fun and to support Dane because he loves it. But I learned a lot, and it was fun to see him steal. I didn't know that was allowed to steal from third base to home, but it was hilarious, and the fans went bazonka. I'm surprised the stadium's still standing because people couldn't believe he had done it. There was so much laughter. Yeah, I was going nuts. <laughs> yeah, I you was were. going nuts. Hence the sore throat, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hence the sore throat. And and that was not last night. It was the night before. Your throat's been hurting for a couple days. Yeah. So yeah, so it's in there. I have been interviewing so many of our grads. I think I did about 10 or 11 interviews. And I love doing them. Every one of the practitioners out of our equine gestalt method are so unique to each other, not only where they live and all that, but how they have found to build their practice and to build their following. And and it's very moving for me, of course, but it is really fun. And I hope y'all will give a good listen to all the interviews because every single one of them is different and unique in what they offer and, and what, they're, what they're doing. So it's, it's really a lot of fun. Last night, we went out with good friends of ours, John and Vivian. And we've talked about them before in the podcast, but wasn't that fun? I loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know, John just retired, what? I don't remember like, April. In April, because yeah. we were here for his retirement party. Yeah, and he seems just as happy and laid back and enjoying retirement as can be. Yeah. Now you're smiling as you say that to me. Do you think I should retire? You'll never retire. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I will not. I refire. I don't believe in retire. I refire. So no, retirement looks incredibly boring to me, but I do think that John has a good plan for himself. They're building a fishing cabin on a fly fishing stream in Montana, which is so fun. And he's got a lot of his friends that he was a pilot, commercial airline pilot for years. A lot of his friends that are coming up there and bringing their trailers to come up and fish with him. So he has a good plan. His wife, Vivian, is who I met John through. And Vivian has a company called Art, Soul, and Horses in Escondido, California. And she is a phenomenal gestaltist out of my program. And last night, while the four of us were having dinner, there were two conversations going on. One was about to you from John about all the goings on that he's doing. And then she and I started talking at one point about the contracts that she's getting from uh, her local area for doing the work for some kids that really, really need it. And they are a lot of them inner city kids with complicated diagnoses and things going on. And Vivian will be somebody that really provides a lot of assistance and support and caring uh, for these kids. It starts up in September and she's super excited about it and can't wait to give her heart and her blessing to these groups of kids. And she has, uh, she was just telling me briefly, she has a group of teenage boys and she has a, a man that will also be on site with her to kind of govern with the kids and, and give them an opportunity to get up close and personal with horses with art and with themselves. And it's just a beautiful uh, situation. And then another one, she has a young woman who will be her assistant and she's working with a whole bunch of little girls. And I tell you what, I, my old trainer, when I was a kid would laugh and say 11 
out of 10 little girls love horses and it's true. They just love them. So one team will be learning about probably the moving of horses and what makes them operate. And the little girls will be doing a lot of braiding and brushing and loving and kissing on them. So it should be a fruitful, fun fall. And we love you, Vivian and John, and just loved our time with you last night. It was great. We have, we are here to witness a San Diego event. Do you know what it is? A hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) The first hurricane on the West Coast. So they had a mild hurricane years ago, about 40 years ago, that actually did some destruction in Mexico and provided a lot of rainfall here. And we're now in the line of this hurricane that if you listen to one group of meteorologists is being downgraded constantly to less and less and less, you know, a little bit of rain and that's about it. And to another group of meteorologists, just depends on who you're listening to, is getting upgraded like crazy. So we are not worried where we are at all in any way. We are on the coast, we are on the beach, but we're in a very fortified area And it sounds like we'll probably be snuggled in on Sunday with a day of rain. That's what it looks like to me. How about you? Yeah, good thing we're uh, stocked up with uh, ice cream and beef jerky. (laughs) (laughs) Those are his treats, by the way. Those are his treats. You know, it's not a totally bad idea that we should get something for Sunday, right? So we don't keep a lot of food here because we really love going out to the bistros and the residents and the restaurants here on the island. You made some really good shish kebabs the other night. Yeah, they were really good. Maybe you should make those again. They were good. Mm-hmm. They were really yeah. good. Today we're going into Little Italy, uh, which is about 10 miles at the most, not even probably right, from right. here, maybe six miles from here. Going into Little Italy and hitting an art store called Blix. My uh, youngest grand girl is an artist. She's just an amazing artist on tuition to the University of Portland Art School. And we're so proud of her and so happy for her. So she sent me her wish list and she said, oh, anything off this list would be great. So I'm going to get her her whole list because I'm really wanting to support her there. She gets her own studio at the university this year. She's the real deal and just a phenom artist. So we'll be sharing a little bit more about her. Maybe I'll even interview her on here one day because that, that that'd be, be cool. fun, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Should interview each of the three of them because they are phenomenal girls. Shout out to our son Cody and his wife Kathy who have just done a beautiful job raising these girls. Just, just amazing. I did a training this past week online that is a continuing education units or CEU training for our graduate community had quite a few on and it was so fun to showcase a lot of the video of the horses working and the big pieces of work that we've done and just just tremendous fun to do that and I've learned how to edit video film and uh, in this program that we're using and so it's pretty fun it's been a lot of work but it's the kind of thing I can do when I'm over here you know when I've got time away from the office I can do those kind of projects And I'm taking my book, What in the Heck is Gestalt, and making it into an audible book. So really happy about that. You know, I put my heart into this book. And honestly, if you don't have the book, the physical book is four color, which costs a lot more to print. It's these beautiful, slick, glossy pages. The edges and corners are all round, rounded. So it's um, got a great feel. And I put a little bookmark 
ribbon attached in the book for the reader to be able to pull the ribbon down to hold their place mark and stuff. So I knocked myself out on that book. The front and the back of the book and the interior design of it is a great picture of one of our yurts all set up for clients and working gestalt. And so it's really fun. However, I do know there are people that don't necessarily only want a paper book. They'd also like Audible or instead of paper reading, they'd like Audible. So we are working that. It will come out this fall and we're really excited about it and um, puts me in front of this microphone for quite a while, but we're, we're putting it together. So it's kind of a fun project. For sure. And you know I'm going to kick you out of the condo when I'm taping the book, right? Yeah, you usually say I can't keep my mouth shut. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You're a rather noisy little creature, but I love you and it's okay. At home, our wood floor is all done and beautiful from the repair. It's getting its last coat, third coat of protection on the 28th. And then the tile floor started going down in our uh, remodel of our bathroom floor and our master bath. So that's coming in our new closets in. It's just really exciting when we return home. We'll have a big project to put everything back, but it's going to feel fun. It's going to feel really good. Yeah, to it'll be a lot of fun. Nice. A lot of work. Uh, look, we're looking forward to getting back to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I was asked a question the other day. And I thought that would be our topic. We eventually do get to a topic on this podcast. It just takes us a while to do so. But one of the things that this person asked me was they are aware that so many of their family members and themselves they were speaking about are experiencing bouts of anger. And they said not necessarily depression, but down thoughts and and uh, sad thoughts more than they ever have in their life. And I think there are a lot of predicated factors to that. Clearly, we're not going to quit beating the drum of the effect of COVID for years to come. Because although it was sort of a gap year or 18 months for everyone from their normal routines, whatever their normal routines were, it, it, there's also a political climate that is really tough for people. There's somehow unleashed a lot of people feeling they have the right to say anything to another person that they feel like saying, whether it's fair or not, whether they know what they're talking about or not, whether they know the person personally or not. That's all the double-edged sword of social media and things that are going on there. So, you know, the world's gotten less respectful for sure. We see that in people not being respectful of wild animals at Yellowstone, of walls at the Coliseum. I mean, so many examples of that. And then news travels really quickly. So if something really horrendous happens, somebody does something that's unbelievably bad taste or bad manners or disrespectful in the world, we know about it like five minutes after they do it because everything's videoed in the world. And when I was growing up and most of my listeners, when we were growing up, that wasn't the way. First of all, we didn't hear about most of it. And secondly, if you did hear about it, it was a long time after the event. And you really 90% of it never reached our ears or our eyes. So it's two factors. One, there is more 
disrespect and and tougher stuff for us to all kind of live down and deal with right now, but also the prevalence of how quickly things go from the CCTV camera to everybody's eyes and ears on social media. So it's an interesting time to be alive. It's also, I think, probably one of the more challenging times for children and for parents of children to raise kids and keep them positive and optimistic and hopeful and feeling all the good feelings of the world. It's not that all the positive, hopeful things are, are gone, but we shine a light as a society, we, as a world, really, all cultures do it. We sign, shine a light on the murders and mayhem, you know, on the bad things that happen. And sometimes we have to remember to shine a light on the good. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. I had a an interesting person in my life. His name is Larry. He lives in uh, Denver. And when I met Larry, he was he was compelling to me in a really interesting way. I thought he had done a lot of reading and study of books and things that I hadn't had a chance to really dig into. And he became an expert in what he was speaking about. And I was really honored to get a chance to sit with him and exchange ideas and exchange thoughts and listen to what he had to say. And one day I said to him, after my daughter had passed, it was about four months after she had passed, and he was giving me some some much-needed grief support and solace. And I said, I, I picture human emotions right now on a yardstick. And he said, say more. And I said, I see it on a yardstick where if we went to the exact halfway mark of the 36 inches of the yardstick and we put a red line and we said, that's halfway – that the more positive emotions move out to the right. This is for me. Move out to my right hand. I'm a right-handed person. It has nothing to do with politics, trust me. But it to the right. And so it moves on those numbers toward that end of the yardstick. And to the left of the center mark are all the gradients of different emotions that we hold as difficult, sad hard, whatever it might be, all of the, the grief emotions and the sad emotions. And what grief was teaching me about myself at that time was that I was heavily tipped in my grief to that downside, to that left side with those more difficult emotions. And I was speaking to him about 
Is it possible ever to have balance was one. And then how does it work? How do you get, if the yardstick is tipped way down to the negative side, how do you get back up, you know, crawl back up the yardstick to the happier emotions? So we had this wonderful discussion about it. And one of the things that he shared with me, and at the time it gave me a lot of hope, was he said, you know, he said, I do believe that only as far down as this yardstick travels, only as difficult as a person's challenges are, only as truly deep and and challenging and hard are things in life, the yardstick will always balance itself. And so if you have a lot of really tough things happening, you can count on the fact that the positive will equal the negative in a continuum, like a pendulum swinging back and forth. So I, I took my own thoughts to that. And I said, I often speak about it's possible in life to live a life where you say have maybe you're a postal worker. And so you know what your job is every single day. And let's say this particular postal worker is not looking for advancement. They're just looking to do their job. And they have a small house. They don't get married because it looks like divorce and relationships are painful. They have stuffed animals because live animals die and hurt you. They have plastic plants because live plants can also die or get sickly or not do well and you'd feel guilty. So so they have all these plastic plants. They have astroturf because lawn is really hard to manage and take care of. And their goal is to live long enough to pay their 30-year mortgage off. And they definitely walk to work because driving, you could get killed on the freeway. You know, they live a very careful, small, certain life. And there are no guarantees, but they cut every possible risk out of their life. And then there are people who live to the opposite extent of that, which I'm pretty much in that. They're an entrepreneur. They have to buckle in and find their own way to make it financially in the world. They, they love to have lots of animals and lots of people around and lots of activities and things going on and challenge themselves constantly and, and live with a great deal of uncertainty, which sounds like a scary word for some people, but it's actually for me, it's a positive because uncertainty means that there's an opportunity ahead. Uncertainty means there's going to be a surprise. Uncertainty means things are not the same stuff every day, right? Same stuff, different day. So I I really have built for me as an entrepreneur, a tolerance, I think a high tolerance for uncertainty and having that. So I was looking before we did the podcast to one uh, paragraph that I want to read from my book, What in the Heck is Gestalt? It's chapter 12 and it says, the mind is the great trickster. It is often rewinding, replaying, and creating thoughts at a rapid speed. And this pattern of rampant thoughts is rarely kept in the present moment. Instead, it darts between the past and the future, creating justifications, rationalizations, denials, plans, and fantasies that keep the thinker away from what's actually happening in the present. This is a seductive dance that robs the person of living their life. It also creates a reality of being all mind, divorced from the input and the knowledge that the body provides. 
And I really think there's a lot to that. The book goes on there to say what how Gestaltists work with all of that. But there's so much to it. And I'm a believer that the opposite of love is fear, not hate. Uh, hate is one of the negative uh, emotions. And certainly far out on that left side. But really when we think about people who are crisis-centered, hateful, I'll say it, negative, critical, judgy, you know, working on everybody else, they are the most fearful people in our society. And it's that fear that is driving them into all those negative emotions. So we have to look at our yardstick and look at all the positive words to the right of center, which go all the way out to love, which is the highest, of course, that that we can achieve all forms of love and and uh, not being in an apathy state, right? Not being in a not care state. So I thought I'd throw that out today. Picture your yardstick and understand that those things to the left of center can definitely benefit you. Those things to the left of center, like grief, sadness, seriousness, solace, all of those different things create a depth for us. They create a platform and create a backdrop for joy to bounce against, for joy to occur in contrast to. So focusing on finding your joy, finding why you're here on the earth, finding the positives of even the darkest of days. And I'm not saying Pollyanna, I'm saying we work at this. We work at digging up as uh, our beautiful Gandhi said, be the change you seek in the world. Don't just seek a change in the world. We each have the responsibility to be that change. If kindness is the change we seek in the world, we got to start by being kind people. So that's where we are today. And now we're on our way to Little Italy, babe. Getting sort of hungry. (laughs) Good Lord. You're a pretty good listener of my yada yada, though. You do pretty well. You don't interrupt me. Do you get anything out of what I say on these yeah, podcasts? Yeah, I thought that what you just, uh, actually what you wrote was really profound. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. Good to be, good to have a fan. I have a fan. All right. Well, thanks y'all. And we will see you again soon. We do want to give a shout out to Hope Through Horses. Hope Through Horses is a nonprofit that supports everything TBA. And so for instance, like our lovely Vivian, hers is sponsored by their local government, but things like that, where kids sometimes don't have an opportunity to touch a horse, brush a horse, kiss a horse and get to know horses. They do some of the sponsoring of those programs as well. So please look up Hope Through Horses and give them a shout out. I also want to say that I have spent many, many, many trips of my life in Lahaina, Hawaii. We give a huge shout out to the people of Hawaii that are not going to struggle with this for a week or a month. It's going to be a long time. It's a long journey. Please give what you can and plan, uh, chart it out and plan to give again and again over the course of this year, even a small amount each month for them is going to make a huge difference. Many of us in America have spent beautiful times in Hawaii. Let's thank Hawaii by sending them support now. They badly need it. Thank you all so much and we'll say goodbye. Okay. I love you. I love you too. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. 
If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.